Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us, and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We're excited to be here and getting this feedback. And we're trying to figure out if we have a problem with our microphone. We're going to do what we can with this thing as best as we can. Welcome to Zero Today again. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, presenting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and empowering you, our listeners, to know and be impacting and doing, impacting the world around you. As always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways you can do so. Uh, primary way is by calling in the number 347-237-5230, or you can join us in the chat room. The chat line is open. You can go there. You can go visit our Facebook page. It is uh, Zero Network on Facebook. Um, visit uh, our personal page, LorenzoTNeal.com. Uh, many other ways, and I'm having to play dual role here because for some reason my microphone isn't working and I'm using uh, a regular phone, so if you hear the echo, that's where it's coming from. We're trying to uh, rectify that problem as we speak, but uh, that's the way live television, live television, I wish it was television, uh, live radio works. Anyway, got a wonderful show lined up for you. Uh, well, we ask you be patient with us as we work with this and try to get this together. Um, 
before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, your love and kindness that's new to us daily. We thank you for the opportunity to do the show again. Lord God, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Our rock and our redeemer. This is our prayer in your name. Amen. So, as I said before, it's wonderful to Wednesday, another great Wednesday, another great day to be alive. It's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity, and we got a couple of good stories that we want to talk with you about uh, today. Is you know, we're back in the saddle. We tried this last week; we had some issues, um, so we're trying to begin, and we're seeing we use it another uh, another means of getting it done. So. We're back. Uh, primary topic that we're going to be discussing today is uh, the floods in Louisiana, my home state, uh, my home region. Um, the floods that's been going on has been been really, really uh, this entire year. It's been unusual flooding across the state, and so but I ask is, is this a way of God trying to get people's attention, or or is it just another natural calamity, calamity that we must address? Um, but there's several other things that's going on, several other headlines. I may not be able to get to them. Of course, you know, election season's going on, and there's a lot going on there. Um, I, I was reading some, something, uh, Ben Hur, the movie, with um, one of my favorite actors, <laughs> Morgan Freeman, premiered this past weekend, and of course, if you're not familiar with Ben Hur, Ben Hur is a Christian themed movie uh, from the uh, from 20th century. You know, it had the great chariot race, uh, but it's the story of the Christ, and it's the story of this man uh, who was who whose family who was betrayed by family, uh, ended up being a uh, exile and returning the slave, of uh, returning to Rome. And, and challenging the authority in Rome and overcoming, but in the process meets Jesus the Christ and develops a relationship in some degree, comes to know him as Savior. It's heralded as a uh, one of the best mainstream movies that became, uh, that, that dealt with the Christ. And of course, back in that day in the late 50s and 60s, um, you had the movies like, we had great religious epics and movies like the Ten Commandments and others that were um, tremendous productions and they put forth uh, the religious aspect and 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 for a while. Uh, but you know, in this 21st century, religious theme movies don't go over well. You think about I, I think about one of the ones that probably did fairly well in the box office and that was the book of Eli. But um again, later on it took to the end to end before you realized what that it was a religious theme moving. Uh it's 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 it it's said that the movie been heard this remake of it, um from the stars Morgan Freeman that this remake bombed at the movies. And people are trying to figure out why did it bomb? It had Morgan Freeman in it for crying out loud. 
is a wonderful production. The actors actually did all the cherry races. They were not CGI as in some church, some movies <laughs> today. So the question is, why is the movie flopping? And my response is, of course, it's the audience. The taste of the audience is, is gone. And you think about a couple other religious-themed movies that have premiered this year, um, several um, about Christ. I think the one Risen did fair. Then you had another one that I can't think of. And uh, Son of God was uh, was one. They're performing well with you know those great Christian evangelicals who are going to support it just because it's Christian. But outside of that, it's not. And um, people are just not interested in it. They don't want to feel... Um, proselytize, I guess you could say. Either way, you hope he just does better. You hope that uh, you hope not what I want to really talk about it, but there's just something. Um, I thought I'd share. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I do think I'll go in and try to get out and, and see it. Um, there's a story that just came. I just saw two stories. And I want to thank Ann Brock and uh, her crew over there, her staff over there at uh, the Old Black Church, who brought up this story, um, these two stories. One is about um, Preachers of L.A. being canceled. And, you know, personally, <laughs> I thought it was just a one-season one thing anyway. I, I watched the first season after it aired, and I thought that was the end of it. I didn't know it had a second season or whatever. Of course, it spawned Preachers of Detroit and after Preachers of Detroit, Preachers of Atlanta. And the whole Preachers thing, those reality shows, kind of bummed me out anyway. Um, and the Preachers daytime television show I, it's not shown in our market, so I have not seen that. But I'd love to hear what you think about it if you've seen it. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that uh, and what is what you think is a good show or whatnot. Um, but anyway, Preacher LA is being canceled. Some people are glad about it. Others are rather disappointed. It has yet to be determined the impact it really had on um, the religious establishment. I think it exposed the reality of some lies, and particularly in LA with, you know, their, most of their uh, prosperity-driven preachers. It could be it, I can't say. But, um, it's gone. So I hope, wish them continued success. Of course, they're pastors, so they will have continued success. Um, and uh, uh, gospel singer, uh, what's his dude's name? Travis Green. Gospel singer Travis Green, a song, uh, it's intentional, and um, it's another one that did fairly well. Uh, but he's fairly fairly good recent uh, contemporary gospel artist. And he has announced the launch of his new church, which was actually launched on this past Sunday, the 21st, in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, and, uh, you know, the trend is gospel preachers, or gospel singers, going from the uh, stage to the pulpit that seemed to be a trend, you know. You, you saw a lot of the work 
And some were preaching before. Um, you have others who, I guess, saw saw it better <laughs> behind the pulpit. Think about uh, Kim Burrell, who uh, she started her own church, and I think it's doing fairly well. Um, the other, uh, Leandria Johnson, who is uh, uh, one of the stars of Preachers of Atlanta, has her church. Uh, um, and of course, I, my dear buddy uh, Smokey Norfolk, uh, of course, he was preaching before, and he was on the path to itinerant ministry in a church before he launched uh, Victory Cathedral, and that's doing very well. So it's it's not like those who do start church do it solely for the purpose of, you know, broadening their brand. And there are some who do that, I know. But uh, we hope that the Lord's hand on him and that uh, the, the ministry prospers. I can't think of the name. Let me see what the name of the church is. Uh, Forward City Church. That's interesting. Forward City Church. Huh. I don't know what that means. But uh, pray for him. Pray for his family. Pray for the ministry uh, and all that they are seeking to do in the city of South Carolina. South Carolina dominated by ME, so you better be be careful. <laughs> They'll be trying to bring folk out of our connection. <laughs> uh, I'm having a struggle here. Let me see what's going on with this mic and try to get stuff together in order to be back after the break. When we made our commitment to the Gulf, VP. When we made our commitment to the Gulf, VP had two big goals: help the Gulf recover and learn from what happened, so we could be a better, safer energy company. I've been with VP for 24 years. As part of the team that helped deliver on our commitments to the Gulf, and I can tell you, safety is at the heart of everything we do. We've added cutting-edge safety equipment and technology, like a new deep water well cap and a state-of-the-art monitoring center where experts watch over all our drilling activity 24-7. And we're sharing what we've learned so we can all produce energy more safely. Safety is a vital part of BP's commitment to America and to the nearly 250,000 people who work with us here. We invest more in the U.S. than anywhere else in the world. Over $55 billion here in the last five years, making BP America's largest energy investor. Our commitment has never been stronger. What's something that's slow that you wish was fast? Turtle. Really? A turtle? Yeah. And what about you? I would rather be a slow turtle. Well, mm. I know why. Because when you're slower, you won't have to get in the street as fast and get ran over. But if you're a slow turtle and you're in the middle of the street, what happens? Austin? Exactly. It's not complicated. Faster is better. And AT&T is the nation's fastest 4G LTE. When we made our commitment... Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realized that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically 
by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. Welcome back. This is today again. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo O'Neill. Still could not get around that um, mic. So, guess that means we're going to be investing in a new one. <laughs> That's a good thing. So, anyway, let me try to hurry up, get back into this topic. I'm um, feeling around. This got me all discombobulated, and I'm still trying to stay on task. So, y'all bear with me. If we have to end the broadcast early, I will apologize in advance because, hey, one of those things we just have to deal with and make sure that we get it better. Uh, using this particular uh, other instrument to get it done is a bit on the annoying side. but uh, And I keep getting this page unresponsible. It's trying to get me to kill, kill the page, but uh, we're not going to work. We're not going to do that. We're going to try to work through this as best we can. So the question that we're asking is floods and reconciliation. God using the flooding to bring us to him. Now, I know that's pretty much the religious rhetoric that will be spread, uh, that's going around. You know, God is trying to tell us something. God is trying to get our attention. God is trying to do this. God is trying to do that. But um, I want to counter that. I want to counter that with this question. Why would God have to do that to get our attention? Why would God have to bring uh, national, uh, uh, natural calamity to get our attention, what would what would the purpose serve? How will it glorify Him? How will it benefit Him? And and I'm sure there are plenty of people who have a question who have answered to that. You know, the the standard response is uh, Romans eight twenty six twenty seven. All things work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called to His purpose. And I do. I will not argue with that. I believe that completely uh, applicable in many, many circumstances. But um, is causing a region to flood or uh, a region or area to uh, be on fire or massive storms of any kind, is that 
a proper way of bringing people to him. You know, and some would say, yeah, because if they be opening their eyes to see that they need God to take care of them, that uh, natural uh, possessions can be wiped away, and the only thing you have left is God's word, because the Bible does say heaven and earth will pass away, and the only thing that will remain is God's word. Therefore, ergo, uh, you need God when you don't need stuff. Well, what if that drives other people away? Well, what if that calamity does the opposite? What if it has the opposite effect? One of the biggest scriptures, uh, uh, not bigger scriptures, but a more prominent scripture, when people ask the question, does God create calamity or does God create evil or, you know, why is there evil or why is there suffering, uh, those kind of things. And while there are a number of scriptures, and I, I probably I'll probably give some later on, you know, as we go through, I, I have plenty others. Yeah. But there's a passage in Isaiah many people turn to, and the passage is in Isaiah 45. Uh, and I think it's well, it, read the whole chapter because it's pretty much the whole chapter. Is is a um, is an ode to God's involvement of calamity. When you read through this chapter, you find uh, that God seems to orchestrate destruction, and He orchestrates it so that it benefits the persons that He's trying to. Uh, to bring back to him or get to notice him or it glorifies him, Cyrus. And, and Cyrus was not uh, I, I, Israelite. He's, you know, he's, um, and technically would be an enemy. And But according to the text, God uses Cyrus to bring about deliverance and attention to people. And he speaks about a lot of the calamity. And um, uh, verse 7 implies that. Look what verse 7 says. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and I create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Then verse 8, drop down your heavens from above and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation and let righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Now, this implies a lot. This says, especially when it says that I created evil. And then when he says, open, drop down your heavens from above and let the skies pour down righteousness. Now, I this just this year, the entire state, with the exception of central Louisiana, but south and north Louisiana have seen tremendous flooding. My hometown uh, in early March was so flooded, you know, just in Baton Rouge, East Baton Rouge in the south Louisiana area. Uh, they had the exact same calamity, um, but it didn't get 
I think they didn't get as much national attention. And the reason the one Baton Rouge area got a lot of attention is because, of course, just uh, months ago you had the shooting of those three, the killing deaths of those three Baton Rouge officers. And so in the midst of that racial tension, you have the skies opening and the rains coming down, unprecedented rain, 72 hours over a period of three days, rain, consistent rain, so that in this area that rarely gets flooding, uh, exceptional flooding, to the point that even the interstates will close down and travel people stuck on the interstates. But from this scripture that we see, it is implied that God is the author of this, that God for knew that this would happen. God not only foreknew, but God, but God is the orchestrator of this. He said, I created it. When it comes to evil, when it comes to calamity, when it comes to the command of the rain to come down so that it will come down and rain down righteousness. So to the, to the, just to the uh, topical reader, it would seem as if this is God ordained punishment for reconciliation. This is God ordained, God orchestrated. Uh, I well, I said punishment. I guess that's good enough. So for people to see that He's in control. Now, we we really have to we really have to ask ourselves. What would be the necessity of God showing that he's in control to a people, especially in Louisiana, that's already very religious? Uh, There's a great population of churches. Why would he have to show that he's in control? Now, I know Louisiana, we have the Mardi Gras, we have New Orleans, we have all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, there's, a little, there's a little voodoo, there's a little all kinds of hoodoo, and voodoo, <laughs> all this stuff. But the reality is, those things are cultural. And if it's, if it's such an incense to God that he would need to pour down righteousness, what does it say about him? Does it say that he's insecure? Does it say that uh, the churches alone are not doing their job, the, the preachers, the ministries, all of those things? They are faltering in their endeavors to get the gospel message out, and uh, he had it to assist them. In the text, he used Cyrus to do it, Israel out of captivity to a degree. You know, bring some type of deliverance to to Israel, his chosen people. So, would a natural calamity do the same? Is this way of God? Is this God's way of saying, "Okay, I've tolerated you enough, so all of America, I'm going to use South Louisiana as a means of pouring out righteousness, so you can come to me." That seems unfair and unjust. And we believe God to be a just God. So what's the takeaway? What is the takeaway from this? 
what should we gain or glean from these disasters? First, I think the first thing we should glean is that we are connected. We suffer all together. Although we may suffer separately, we still suffer as a family of humans. You know, I had, I, I drove through Monroe after the floods there, Monroe, Louisiana, after the floods there, and I saw the devastation, and I saw people having to throw out furniture. And I saw people, Monroe is Rouge is not in a flood plain, is not in the flood zone, so a lot of people did not have flood insurance. And I saw the humanity of brothers and sisters across faith lines, across race lines, pouring out not just love, but pouring out their money, pouring out their service. You know, you had people not just not just uh, giving donations, you know, paying goods like in most drives, but you know, going to places and purchasing new mattresses for people, purchasing new tiles for people, uh, going in and tearing out the sheetrock that got molded in houses and replacing all of that. You saw people coming together, and you're seeing this now here in Louisiana, which is part of the 8th Episcopal District of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And we, we, were, we have a disaster release team so we're used to that because of the hurricane. It is still hurricane season, and we're still subject to have those happen. You know, there's tropical storms brewing out in the Gulf, wherever, somewhere, or in the Atlantic. But anyway, I digress. Um, but to see people become family, that's the first thing you see. You see reconciliation in that sense. You see reconciliation in the fact that people beyond racial lines, beyond faith lines, whether they are, they're non-believers and believers alike, pouring out love to their neighbor, displaying the golden rule, the golden rule: do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the first takeaway. Now the second one. It's a bit tricky because it relies on the subjectivity of humanity. Will this lead some to come to Christ or to be angry at Christ or God because of what happened? Now, there will be plenty who will have to struggle financially for the next several months or years because of this calamity. There is there are insurance companies that were not, because they didn't have flood insurance, are not going to be able to do anything for these people, or not going intentionally not going to do anything. And these people are going to have to come out of their pocket thousands of dollars. Some may have to relocate altogether. Some may have to invest in, you know, over the next several months in the basic cleaning su- supplies. Make sure that their houses are livable, even after it's been cleaned. You know, they're going to have to deal with the stench of the water that has settled in there for days. The emotional trauma of having to be evacuated from your home 
and unsure if your home will be safe when you return. The emotional trauma of having to deal with the financial setbacks that you may have one may have to experience because of this. And those things, those variables will factor into how people respond in a faith manner. And I'm not talking about, you know, faith that God will supply all your needs according to I know there are plenty of people who believe that and know God will and I am down with that. But there will also be a myriad of people who will say, Well, God must be angry at me to have flooded my house even if I'm a good person. This is where the church can can really take advantage of this opportunity, this disaster, this crisis. The church can stand in the gap and say, no, God is not angry at you. You did not do anything to bring about this calamity. You are not responsible for the water getting to your house, flooding your homes, your streets, your schools. However, you have an opportunity now to see beyond what is seen, purpose. What could it be? Might not be for you to go to church. But maybe it could be for you to value what you have, your life, your family, because if we stated earlier at the offset of the uh this discussion that most will say, you know, perishable things will fade away. But the eternal will not. And if that's the case, and present it to those who will be reluctant to hear it during this time. Especially if they encounter a passage like Isaiah 45, six, uh, 7 and 8, where God says, I created it, and I commanded it to happen, to pour down righteousness. I think this is a great opportunity for the church, for the church to say we are a body of believers who have a like mind to share in the calamity of others. When one hurts, we all hurt. Whether believer or non-believer, we love you, bite of, and we're here to minister to you, to build you back up in the most holy faith, so that when it happens, you can see the expectancy God has for you. You can see the purpose God has for you. Oh boy, this thing is is still trying to shut down. So I think I'm gonna have to. Uh, Go ahead and kill this because it's trying to interrupt, and each time I have to click on this thing, it's taking away my thoughts. And, and I didn't have my notes scribbled down like I usually do, so I'm kind of winging it. But then, you know, uh, we're gonna have to really work on this this thing next time and make sure I'm gonna go look for new equipment <laughs> uh, and see what we can do to make this work better. But I appreciate you tuning in. Um, it's been challenging, and this has been a little frustrating. Um, so, but I want to encourage you to stay and continue to tune in. Uh, give you give give a little bit more information again. Um, follow me on 
on Twitter at Prophesy is my personal handle. At Zero Radio is the show handle. Um, go to the Zero Network on Facebook, uh, and you will see our broadcast archive shows from um, as far as we can go back. And also visit the website uh, LorenzoTinio.com, and we've got an exciting thing coming up uh, going into 2017, and we'll be sharing more as it time goes by, but let me get out of here because the more I stay on here, the the, the more irritating I'm getting. And so y'all just continue praying for us and we'll do what we can to do what we can. God bless you. Keep you. This is Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Uh, let's see if I can get my outro music. Can you get my outro? Can I get it? Can I get it? Boy, I can't even get my outro. Oh, yeah. All right. This is me going up. Take care. God bless you.